Hello, and welcome to Unschooling. I am your co-host, Rochelle, and today, let's learn to unlearn. To understand schools, we must first view them in a historical perspective. So let's talk about the history of education. In today's society, children everywhere are required by law to go to school. And if, by chance, they have an amazing parent who is able to unschool them or keep them at home, they have to still report to the government that that's what they're doing with their child. However, to the remaining 93% of children who are mandated to go to school by law, our society has basically went through a great deal of trouble and expense to provide schools that are structured in exactly the same way. And as a society, we don't question it. We just simply think, hey, really smart people have figured it out and they know what to do when it comes to child development and education. However, if we really stop and think about it, there is no rhyme or reason for the way we do school here in America or globally for that matter. You see, when we think about the introduction of school in context, in the beginning for hundreds of thousands of years, children educated themselves through self-directed play and exploration. When we think about the biological history of our species, schools are pretty recent institutions. So for hundreds of thousands of years before agriculture, before the industry came into play, we lived as hunter-gatherers. And so students actually were, our children rather, actually were motivated to go out and to explore and to have fun. They had so much freedom then. There was nothing suppressing them or holding them down. And this is how they learned. They learned how to hunt. They learned how to gather. They learned how to help build homes out of the raw material that was around in their environment. However, with the rise of agriculture and ladder of industry, children became forced laborers. And then all of a sudden, they stopped playing. Exploration was suppressed. The effective hunters and gatherers were done away with and they had to learn the knowledge of plants and they had to learn how to craft and they had to learn how to uh, manipulate the environment and they had to work kind of a little long hours. And so what this did was this um, caused children to become suppressed. It caused them to not really have the freedom that they had in the hunter-gatherer period. And their lives began to gradually change from the free pursuit of their own interests to increasingly spending more time at work that was really required to serve the rest of their family and, and to provide. Even in this, we saw systems of slavery and other forms of servitude that were developed, right? Um, even in the Middle Ages, when society became steeply hierarchical, this is where you had kings and lords at the top, and then you had the masses of slaves and servants at the bottom, and children included was a part of this. Children had to learn to be obedient, say no to their own will, and revere their masters. And if they didn't, rebellion would result in death. 
this carried on even into the Middle Ages where there were smaller schools put in place for those who were considered to be the elite, right? And these were normally boys. And so boys would still be beaten until they followed through and did what they were supposed to do with their masters, even their education masters. And with the rise of industry and a new class, then this did not improve the lives of most children because business owners, just like landowners, they still needed laborers. And they knew that if I hired the children, I could get as I can get a lot of work out of them and I didn't have to compensate them as much. And so people, including young children, worked most of their working hours, seven days a week in horrible conditions, and they did it just to survive. So the labor of children then transitioned from fields to factories. And we have horror stories that many of us have heard of how pauper's children in factories were treated like slaves. They died from diseases and starvation and exhaustion, all of those things that took place until in 1883, they were no longer able to employ children under the age of nine. But even then, those older than nine continued to have to be employed for several years. After this specific season, there was some religious and secular, um, the idea of universal compulsory education that arose and gradually it kind of spread. And everybody um, knows that most public education developed in Europe from the 16th century to the 19th century. And it was considered to have many supporters um, and they all had their own agendas, right? You had Martin Luther who declared that salvation depended on every person reading the scripture, right? So everything that came through that Protestant Reformation wanted to teach children um, to save their souls from eternal damnation. And then you have in America, Massachusetts was the first colony to mandate schooling. And it was simply to turn children into good Puritans, right? Oh my goodness. So when we think about the origin, the original school was basically Christian duty. It was to get all children to learn the Bible, to learn the ways of God. Hence, if we remember, even when they were learning the alphabet, they had this primer and it was in Adam's fall, we send all and it ended with Z, Zacchaeus, he did climb the tree. So everything was centered around the Protestant religion or Christianity. And it was designed to instill in children a fear of God and just a sense of duty to revere and fear their elders. And so employers and industry just saw schooling as a great way to create better workers. So the most crucial lessons were punctuality, following direction, um, being able to sit still for long hours in rows and have a very small ability to read and write. And as the nations jailed and became more centralized, national leaders saw schooling as a means of creating good patriots and future soldiers. Hmm. Do we hear the progression? This is so crazy that the way school started was never really intended on cultivating the minds of future inventors. 
of future creators. It was all about dumbing them down, being lord over their creativity, confining them to prisons, making them into compliance patriots or soldiers who would fight for their country. And you see, we don't even really have a clear understanding of who decided what the children was supposed to learn. All that they believed was children should not be left to their own devices. They believed that children could not think on their own. And so they taught using repetition and testing for memory, which is where we get rote learning. And so as school began to go on, this was the way things were. We see multiple lessons being taught over and over again until the child was able to retain it from addition facts to multiplication facts to spelling words. Um, We even had John Wesley's rules for Wesleyan schools and included the statement, as we have no play days, so neither do we allow any time for play on any day, for he that plays as a child will play as a man. (laughs) So literally school was slavery school was prison school was something that was meant to confine the children from really being who they were destined to be well now that we get to the 20th century the methods of schooling is not as bad but guess what the basic assumptions haven't changed learning is still defined as children's work I know even me as a prior administrator and educator, I've heard it said so much time to the children, education is your work. Just like your mom and dad goes to their job, then your job is to come to school and learn. (laughs) Isn't that crazy though? Children are almost universally identified by their grade in school, just as adults are identified by their jobs and careers. So we still are punishing our children. We still are uh, task masking our children. We still are not allowing creativity to flow. We still command our children to do their work and then they can play. We even have gotten to the point where we take away recess if they don't do their work in class. We take away uh, ancillary time if they don't do their work in class. We send them to the office if they decide, hey, I don't want to take the test today. Think about it. I'm just setting the tone and giving you a historical context to why the history of education is so important in order for us to unschool. Unschooling is not a matter of just being renegades and just coming against um, what has currently been considered the traditional way of doing school. No, it is about overthrowing a system that was never designed to really embrace humanity at its fullness. Let's not even talk about racism and civil rights and what happened and how we fought so hard for African-American students and other minority students to have equal rights into an education system that was never created for them. Let's think about why did we never fight 
to create our own system? And why are we sitting here just rolling over and saying, oh, hey, I guess this is just the way it should be. Why are we not questioning it? Have we become that comfortable as a society that we're willing to sacrifice the brainchild of our children? That we're willing to throw away the creativity and the innovation that lies dormant on the inside of our young people? You see, we must learn to unlearn. I've only given you a brief historical context of how school and education began. But when you really begin to dive deep into the history of education and parallel it to how school is now, we really begin to see that we have a lot of work to do in our system. We have a lot of work to do to to tear down the walls of education. Because see, these walls that have been erected have no rhyme or reason except to control the masses. Just like prison has become uh, a 21st century institution of slavery, so has education. Education wants to tell our children how to think, what they should study, what should they focus. They wanna tell them that a letter grade determines their intelligence. They wanna tell them that a standardized test decides whether or not you're fit to graduate from high school or even fit to go to college. And then we have some schools that are college and career ready and they determine who goes to college and who goes to career. Well, I've come to tell you that it's time for us to shift our thinking. It's time for us to do a deep dive in the history of education. We have to understand the historical perspective in context with what is happening now in our schools. We have to pull on our educators and pull on our school board members and pull on our school systems, even at the government levels and demand for change. We have to begin to poll our children and ask them, what is it that they need? What do they feel that school should be like? How do they feel that they can become more creative and be their best self? A brief history of education. So as we close today's episode, think about that. I'm calling on educators, parents, superintendents, school board members, all of those who are even in the community impacting our students. We need you. We need you to help us learn to unlearn. The time is now. Our education system must pivot. Let's redefine education and create a better world. I am your co-host, Rochelle, and this has been Unschooling.